Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel. I'm Brian Dawes. And beginning this week, we are starting our D&D adventure on Theros because there's no published story content for the set. So we are kind of filling in time with our own little custom D&D adventure on the plane. And joining us is our friend and patron and all-around good buddy, Chris, who is going to be DMing for us. So Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Chris. Uh, you might know me better as ChrisRD19, which is basically my handle on every single website I am a part of. I am located in Atlanta, Georgia, which is great because that's where like half the Vorthos cast has historically lived. Uh, and I've been playing uh, D&D for a pretty long time. I started in college with a bunch of friends and we actually play every week and we have played every week for gosh like seven years now that's fake i don't believe that holy cow that's the dream okay that's the dream i tried playing a custom fallout campaign with friends back in college and they unleashed the apocalypse and were happy about it and we didn't play again for like five years <laughs> yeah um we did that one time we we actually destroyed the world in a DD campaign because we were kind of bored of it <laughs> and that was just the quickest way to end that campaign um but yeah and i've been playing magic since uh oh god i bought the seventh edition starter set if y'all remember that Me back too. in like the 90s mm-hmm. or I had early that. 2000s or something yep it came with like a CD where you can yep. play the game on it. That was really fun. <laughs> yep, yep. And it had Thorn Elemental, which I thought was like the coolest card ever. Oh, I still think it's the coolest card ever. But yeah, so merging D&D and Magic has been great for me. It's my two favorite hobbies put together. And I ran a one-shot that turned into a like campaign on the Discord channel that we have. God, that was a while back, wasn't it, at this point that I first did that? Uh, yeah, I think the first one shot was early last year. Yeah, um, and it was it was set on Innistrad. Yes, my character in that campaign is uh, Eula Stromkirk, who's a six foot vampire warlock dom. Basically, she's fantastic. And my character in that campaign was all of them, other than the ones you played. I got to play Thalia. That was fun. I got to yell at Thalia. That was more fun. Yep, and then I got to push you down in the dirt because you yelled at Thalia. But that's because as the DM, I have the hand of God. And Theros is full of gods, which makes being the DM even more fun, because I literally have the hands of gods. Excellent segue. Yes. (laughs) So why don't you introduce this uh, homebrew campaign we're doing? All right. Well, if y'all don't mind, I would really like to just sort of like jump right into it. Um, Sure. So I'm just going to I'm going to start by uh, my little introduction. The three of you, the players in this game, you are on the plane of Theros which, as you know, is a world of heroes and monsters, uh, myths and legends, gods. It is where the divine manifests in front of you. Uh, It is some of the most beautiful landscapes you'll ever see. The stars and the night sky are gorgeous. The cities are bustling and full of wonders. Uh, And we are starting the campaign with, uh, Jay, your character is face down in the mud. Uh, You are really not sure what happened, but you have just been thrown into a puddle of mud in a dungeon in Melitus. And I need you to tell me a little bit about your character and why on earth your character was just thrown into a puddle of mud on Melitus uh, in a dungeon. Ugh. It takes forever to get all this mud out of my hair. It's going to be like three baths, and I hate baths. 
My name, my character is Fevrisk the Tinkerer. He is a Leonin artificer who is walking among the humans to learn uh, some of their crafts. And he was thrown into the mud because my kind is not exceptionally popular in Melitus. After generations ago, we served a the Archon Tyrant who was overthrown by humans, and my kind was exiled. Yeah, so you're a tinkerer, which means that you work a lot with uh, these like sort of wonders and these like mechanical constructs uh, and sort of artifice. Uh, and you'll notice that your your companion that you have with you is a um, a bronze sable. I remember correctly. Yes, I have a, a mechanical bronze sable that uh, I found in disrepair outside of when I was exploring around Mount Velis. Uh, and it sparked over to me uh, when I was fixing it. A spark of Nyx hit me, and I just gained a lot of insight into mechanics. Yeah, and uh, that bronze sable is not with you in the room currently. Um, but you have just been tossed in there by a couple of surly guards who are, you believe, are members of the Reverend Army and Melitus. Um, they took some uh, umbrage to your presence in the town, and after a little spat, and they kind of roughed you up a little bit. Um, just so you know, you've taken about 10 points of damage in the scuffle. Uh, they threw you into this dungeon, deep underground, into a mud pile in the middle of the room, uh, and you are currently alone with your bronze sable missing. If you look around the room, which I'm sure you are going to do once you get the mud out of your fur around your eyes... Uh, you'll notice that it is a like 15 foot by 15 foot plain room. Uh, there actually is no other mud except for this like spot in the very middle <laughs> where they purposely <laughs> launched you into it. Uh, I hate humans. These. Uh, I came here for civilization, the Great Polis, but uh, they're all just terrible. Uh, I'm gonna have to find. I'm gonna have to find my sable and get out of here. You're probably in there for only a couple of seconds before you hear a commotion. Yes. Like when I first stand up, I, I shake my fur like a dog to, to get it all, to get as much mud out as I can. And it splashes over every corner of the room. Uh, as you do that, you hear a little muffled uh, sound from the far corner. And there's actually a person in the room with you that you didn't notice before, who is uh, appears to be a rather elderly person with a long beard who is very, very clearly incredibly drunk. <laughs> they they only moan when you get mud on their face, and then they kind of roll over and cover up their face some more. I sniff the air, and I smell like their intoxication, and I just like wrinkle my nose, disgusted, like you see cats do. Yeah, you just smell so much wine. Like You, you didn't notice it at first because your nose was full of mud, but the whole room just kind of smells like this guy's bottle of wine that he must have like dumped all over himself at some point <laughs> but yeah you're you're only in there for a few moments before you hear another commotion at the door uh and the like guard's door you hear a clack as the like lock mechanism from the other side is lifted uh it flies open and someone else is thrown into the room with you uh aiming for the mud pile as the guards do uh and that is uh, Brian, why don't you introduce your character as you are flying towards this mud on the ground? I jump out of the way. <laughs> uh, well, my name, my character's name is Bronte, and um, my character is a thaumaturge. 
uh, uh, we're going to say it's a cleric for now. Um, the cleric, a.k.a. Thaumaturge, who is fresh out of sneaking into the temple of uh, Karanos. He was discovered there with a nice shiny spear, or javelin rather, um, and was probably, he wasn't supposed to be there. So, uh, you know, it's, that's probably why he's getting thrown into the jail cell, because, you know, he, he was on a lark, decided he wanted to sneak out of the, uh, the Decatra, oh, what's the name, that? what's that word again, sorry? Decadia. Uh, yeah, the Decadia, where he was training, and he was tired of being the only person in his class who hadn't, had an, a, a divine spark of inspiration or blessing from the gods and decided to sneak out past curfew and um sneak into the temple of Karanos and uh he got his spark of inspiration but uh wasn't supposed to be there so <laughs> not at all yeah you were you were picked up by these uh these members of the reverend army uh who took great umbrage to your trespassing in this temple and the moment you stepped outside with your gift in hand they picked you up roughed you up a little bit and tossed you into this dungeon uh and you uh you know what give me a dexterity saving throw oh that's that's not good um we're gonna have to be very careful not to swear when we roll bad yeah (laughs) oh yeah that's a three oh yeah no you land directly in the mud uh as well oh man (laughs) I just wrinkle my nose at him as well. Dang it. Well, that sucks. Uh, I'm going to snap my fingers and cast a little thaumaturgy and... Oh, oh, you think you're doing that, but the moment you snap your fingers, nothing happens. Dang it. Stupid anti-magic cells. I hate this. Oh, good. Another crazy human. Hey, what? crazy human and I'm, i guess I'll, I'll i'll turn wiping the mud out of my eyes and look who else look around the room and see what i see so what's your deal are you drunk too no i, I don't partake my body's a temple <laughs> temples are dumb <laughs> i beg to differ sir or madam i can't really tell is that your, your voice is kind of you know i don't know I don't want to presume anything. Uh, and you are? My name is Fevrisk. You may call me Fevrisk. Okay. Fev it is. No. No? Ugh. Risk? Risky? Yeah, risky. Yeah, I like that. Ah, <sighs> humans. Uh, okay, I'll call you Fevrisk. I don't want to get off on the wrong foot. We're, we're, we, I don't know how long we're both going to be here, so might as well be pleasant while we're here. Hmm. My name is Bronte. Nice to meet you. Hello, Bronte. Welcome to the mud pit. <sighs> Looking around the room and seeing no other mud. Yeah, I think that's just unfortunate aim. Or maybe it's fortunate for them. I'm betting they're getting a laugh out of this. That's uh, wonderful. Uh, it's worth mentioning, uh, Bronte, that you took at least eight points of damage in the scuffle with the guards earlier. Um so just make sure you have that marked on your sheet. Uh, and uh, you took no damage from hitting the mud, just so you're aware. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's good to hear. Uh, y'all are only in there for a couple of seconds talking uh, when you start hearing 
some very loud like grunting and shoving and it sounds like someone is moving a bookcase or something moving out of the way outside of the, door. the door um like you hear some cursing from the hoplites who are who are struggling right now um the door like opens you hear the click of the lock and it kind of slowly opens it's not being thrown open uh, as you see like at least six or seven of these hoplites kind of try and shuffle into this room with you uh, and they're carrying something in their arms and they drop it directly into the mud and as they're moving away you notice that it's a person uh Lorelite, describe your character who is currently uh, also face down in the mud uh and and considerably with a giant thump landing there oh the, yeah this probably shakes the room uh my character is erythros they are a golem made of solid iron um they are a creation of mortal folly a few years ago a uh a prankster we'll call him named hoiriskos snuck into Mount Velus, the forge of Perforos himself, and absconded with a magical smithy hammer that was wielded by Petros, Perforos's artificial twin construct clone thing who helps him in the forge. Horiskos had this crazy idea that he would build a fighting force to get back at the people who wronged him in life, and uh, stealing the secret of iron, a metal only Perforos himself can forge. Uh, Hoiriskos uh, hid in a cave and built his first creation, which is me. Uh, the problem is when you steal a, an item like that from a god, they find out and they smite you. And it's horribly painful. So he's vaporized. So And here I am. Uh, an iron golem who now wields the smithy hammer and I made my way to Akros and uh, made a name for myself in the arena as a gladiator left after some creative differences with my patron <laughs> and you found your way to Melitus and what caused you to get roughed up by these guards and tossed in the dungeon I probably set a couple things on fire it looked great, though. It was very entertaining. There were lots of oohs and ahs from the crowd. It was safe. I had it under control enough. I don't see what the problem is. Were they oohs and ahs, or were they screams? It, it's all the same. <laughs> so, yeah, you actually, uh, you put up quite a fight. There are <laughs> several right. There are several of the uh, the, the guards who, who were trying to stop you from your show. Uh, who are currently in an infirmary, you have exactly one health point left at the moment. Um, because <laughs> well, sucks. they actually knocked you out and only just resuscitated you before throwing you into this this dungeon. Um, you don't have any of your weapons with you, and your smithing hammer is also not with you. But if you could do me a favor, every magical item in this campaign needs a name. And I don't think yours has a name. Whose? Your smithing hammer. Oh, it's it's called the Hammer of Petros. I'll give you some time to think of a of a unique personal name for it, but it will have to have one at some point by the end of this campaign. Disagree. Greek mythology is not known for legendary weapons, and ones that did exist were largely named after their wielder or creators. Not any kind of secondary cool name like the god weapons in the Theros block. I I did my research. 
It's the hammer of Petros. I uh, will give it a name sometime before the end of this campaign. Because <laughs> in my campaign on Theros, every magical item will have its own unique name, of which uh, Jay and Brian have named theirs. But we'll get to that later. Because uh, right now, Jay and Brian's characters, uh, Feverisk and Bronte, are covered in splatters of mud that landed on them when this iron golem was dropped at their feet. Um, and yeah, that's where you are now. I shake like a dog again and uh, get all the ex- the the new mud off of me. And I look Come at the on. golem on the ground there and go, oh, this one's interesting at least. You shook all of that mud onto me, like common courtesy. Like, what is this? Feverisk shows no signs of caring. <sighs> I thought we were off to a good start, too. That's such a shame. Is this thing alive? Is this a statue? Why would they throw a statue into jail? I, I, I walk up and, and start to investigate it, peer down at it, looking to see if there's any uh, any movement. going to tap with my toe as I'm brushing mud off of my, my soiled robes. I loudly groan, just a... Uh, Whoa! Roll over onto my back, splayed out over much of the floor in in this space. Oh, real quick, do you have, like, uh, like the Nyx aura, or do you just look like plain iron? I am not a Nyx-born. So, oh, it it's alive, that's interesting. Yeah, I, 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 I look like... I look like kind of a slightly rusted iron statue of a gladiator, and I have a, I have a bronze uh, cuirass on my chest and a uh, a light tunic underneath, like a tan tunic. I I I walk up to you and like I I I crouch down, but I crouch kind of like a like a, a cat sitting down waiting for a treat near you, and I go, how how do you work? I talk and the words come out. Amazing. Hmm. This is all very interesting. Um, Look at all this fantastic articulation. It's really daunting, to be honest. Darn right I'm daunting. You don't get a name in the arena by being a wimp. Oh, you fought in the arena, too. Darn right I fought in the arena. You don't fight in the arena being a wimp. If if you get damaged, do you repair yourself? <laughs> what do you mean, get damaged? I haven't ever lost a fight. Ooh. Can I can I study you? Absolutely not. You can buy a ticket for the show another time, like anybody else. Which, which arenas do you fight in? <laughs> Whatever ones I find. I fought in Acros for a long time. Fascinating. I'll have to uh, as soon as I find my 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 companion. I'll I'll have to do some upgrades based on what I've seen here. Hmm. As you mention your companion, you hear. Uh, the door lock open again. Moving as far away from the door as possible. <laughs> yeah, I back up too. <laughs> uh, the drunk in the corner is uh, not moving, but he does kind of perk up a little bit when the door opens. Uh, and there's a one of the, the hoplites. Is hoplite the correct term for just any member of the Reverend Army? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just making sure. Um, there's a hoplite at the door, uh, and he has uh, something in his arms, and you hear him go, heads up, uh, and Jay, I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. Okay, uh, let me go ahead and roll. That was a seven. Uh, plus, wait, 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 plus two, so nine. Yeah, no, that's still not going to make uh, it. Uh, but it's fine. Uh, you only take uh, an additional 
nine points of damage uh, as your bronze sable is thrown directly at your chest. Ow. Oh, that's <laughs> unnecessary. Oh. You know, he did a terrible job of catching it. Well, Gataki, no! I, I'm, I'm yelling at the guard. Like, is that really necessary? Uh, from behind the guard, you hear uh, a light chuckle. Um, and the guard steps aside as uh, a man steps forward and stands in the doorway. He's lit by something, but you can't tell quite what. Uh, because there's no light sources in this room, aside from a very tall, like, high up, small, like, slit window. Uh, so this guy is somehow lit perfectly. He has the perfect contouring of his face. His hair is dark and curly and magnificent. Uh, he is the most handsome man you have ever seen in your entire life. Beautifully, immaculately dressed. Would you uh, describe this man as an Adonis? Um, I would not. He's a little. He's a little too um, handsome to be an Adonis. You know what I mean? Like he's not got that pretty factor. He looks more like a <laughs> like an older George Clooney type character. Except he's he has a very very rich dark skin, um, very perfect, like not a blemish on his face skin. Um, and he stands there. And actually, Bronte, you recognize him. Uh, could you give me a history check? A history would be a 15. Awesome. Uh, you know this man as Aurelus the Great. You also know that Aurelus the Great uh, has basically bought his himself into that title. Uh, Aurelus is a human, uh, obviously. He is a member of the Twelve, uh, who are basically the philosophers who run Meletus, uh, he only recently became a member of the Twelve uh, after your own mother stepped aside. Uh, he bought his way onto that council without a doubt. He's done nothing of any note in the terms of philosophy. Uh, he's not a thaumaturge. He knows no magic. As far as you're aware, he has uh, gone to every temple in town and prayed to every god uh, exactly one time at least. But he is dripping, dripping jewels. He is absolutely the wealthiest person that you've ever encountered. Uh, and you never encountered him too personally because uh, he does not have a very good relationship to the actual serious thaumaturges and philosophers who sort of run the city. Uh, everyone acknowledges that he is mostly uh, just paying off people to do the work for him. Um, he was, uh, in quotation marks, a stonewise uh, he has a lot of wealth that he acquired through building of temples and receiving payments from various groups and people, uh, but he never actually built anything. He just paid other people to do it for him. Um, and that is that is Aurelis, and he is standing here in front of you in this dungeon for some reason. So, so this guy's like a real estate developer. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Real estate developer, uh, stock market type guy. He's... He has so much money and wealth to his name that he he can buy his way into any sort of situation he wants to be in. And he has bought his way into this dungeon with you. Uh, he is flanked on both sides by two uh, absolutely glowing hoplites. And I mean actually glowing. Like there is some sort of aura around these two hoplites who are behind him. Uh, and they appear to be holding... Uh, some interesting items that you recognize as being your own that they confiscated from you earlier. 
Um, can I make an insight check as to why I think he's here? Like, is he, does he have like a grin on his face that like he's expecting us to do something for him to be able to get out of here? Or is he out here like, I just want to see if I can get a, a feel as to what the best way to approach the situation. Uh, sure. Yeah. Give me an insight check. Oh, great. That's an eight. He is definitely, he looks to be in good spirits. He doesn't look upset about anything. Uh, and he is, um, I wouldn't say he's smiling, but he doesn't, I guess I'd say he's smizing, you know? Gotcha. Smiling with his eyes. Uh-huh. Um, That's clear to all of you. Why is this human so sparkly? I understood what you meant, Chris. Don't worry. I've seen Top Model too. Yeah. Um, how old is he compared to me? Like, uh, he's, he's your parents' age. Okay. Uh. Sir, Sir Aurelis, uh, what brings you here? Oh, Bronte, it's been so long since I've seen you. I think I last saw you at your mother's going away party. <laughs> yeah. These guys are I hope she. Uh, I hope she enjoyed my gift that I gave to her. That was a wonderful amulet that I had made. It's so interesting to see you here and with these two fine, capable friends of yours. Friends? Friends? With with a human? Bah! I just got here, so I I, I think we all just got here. Um, you humans are all sunsick. I, I just sit down and start checking over my uh, my bronze sable, Gataki, uh, checking him for damage while the talking goes on. Uh, your bronze sable is perfectly fine. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sure she did, sir. Um... Again, what brings you here? Are you here to get me out of here, perhaps? Oh, you know, Bronte, my hands are a little tied in that situation. Uh, I understand that you've all committed a grave offense to the city, except for uh, you in the back. Uh, Tim, is that your name? He motions to the drunk. The drunk kind of perks up a little bit and and looks at him bleary-eyed. He goes, Tim, I need you to leave. Tim, (laughs) could you please... Could you please leave? I wrinkle my nose and say, yeah, Tim, leave. Uh, Tim starts like kind of standing up and you notice that he's he's just got like a, a, a like a blanket kind of wrapped around him. And he's definitely not wearing any other clothes. Oh, God. Uh, Relatable. And, and he just kind of shuffles towards the door. Uh, and the first hoplite who entered, who threw the bronze sable at you, uh, kind of stands aside and escorts him out of the room. Uh, and as soon as Tim is gone, Aurelis turns back to you. I lift up one arm and wave. See ya, Tim. Tim uh, lifts up an arm and kind of waves back a little bit. And then as he's waving, tips over over the weight of his own arm. Uh, the hoplite kind of reaches out and like grabs him and pulls him back up to his feet. And then like pulls away real quick and smells his hand and, and grimaces as they're walking out. Um, <laughs> I like that, Tim. Uh, and as as they're gone, Aurelis, who was very, very quiet, looks back at the three of you and goes, Ah, yes, you've all committed crimes against the city. Uh, and for that, there's not much I can do. But it is such a coincidence that all three of you would be arrested at the same time. And so clearly, three very talented individuals. Hmm, quite fascinating. You know, I do have something in mind. Oh, boy. Um... I want to roll an inside check to see if I believe whether this was a coincidence or not. Uh, sure, roll me an inside check. He, the way he said that just makes... What 
the heck is going on? That's a seven. Oh, yeah, no, he he is totally shocked that the three of you would be arrested at the same time and thrown into this dungeon together. <laughs> you, you, you said great misdeed against the city? I was just praying in the temple, that's all. If you want me to do a show, you gotta pay me up front, buddy. Oh, Fight anyone you, see, you want. There might be someone for you to fight, but it's not gonna be at a show. The city needs a helping hand. And I've expended as much as I could to help within the walls of this city. But conveniently, the three of you, you have skills that would help us outside of the walls of the city. And I might have struck a deal with the other members of the Twelve. He looks over at Bronte and he goes, We do miss your mother dearly. She was always such a wonderful, wonderful companion to have on that council. Anyways... Uh, yes, I've struck a deal with them. And, you know, I had to put through, put myself through quite a bit to get them to agree to this. But I need the help of the three of you to help save the city. We are under the constant siege of gold inflation. Do you understand? No. What? Okay, so the problem is that, um... You see, there's a black market currently running inside the city, as you should normally be aware of. I mean, it's a large city. There's a large economy here. People do things with money. Don't ask about it. Frevrisk yawns very loudly, showing off all his sharp teeth. Yes, so the situation is that we're currently undergoing a very large inflation. Uh, That means, uh, for those of you who are uneducated, which I assume is all three of you, um, that... What's happening is the uh, the cost of our items in the city, our goods, uh, our jewels, for example, um, and our stonework is uh, going up very high. Uh, and that is because the value of our money is tanking. Uh, there seems to be a black market running into the city from outside of it, where there's just large amounts of gold that just are coming in from these mysterious buyers who are willing to pay extremely high prices for everything yeah get to the interesting part already well i have my people in the city and also the the people who are serving the council it's not just my people the entire council is worried about this this is a big problem for everyone in the city just to make that clear um my people are looking into it but there's only so much i can do i need some people who are adventurous who are capable who are willing to do things like sneak into a temple at night or uh, fight in the city streets or be a Leonin and Melitus. Um, I need people who are those levels of brave to help us uh, because I need someone to go investigate this influx of gold that we believe to be coming from uh, Asphodel. Fevrisk's ears perk up at the mention of that name. I just need the three of you uh to go and see if you can discover the source of this black market. Asphodel? That's, that's, that's the city of return. What? Oh, yeah, you've heard of it. But why, why, why would... They're the worst audiences. Ugh. To see a city long lost, what kind of technological secrets are hiding there? I also wonder that. Because everyone I've sent to Asphodel has died. No shiny humans like you. I like it already. But why, why would 
I was just praying. Why would I need to go there? Someone has to do it, Bronte. And I have secured, of course, for the three of you, a total exoneration of the crimes you have committed. Um, a large sum of payment, of course. Uh, forgiveness of all of your debts in the city of Miletus. Um, as long as you return with information pertaining to this black market. Or I have no the head of whoever is behind it. I so swear, a hairless human, furless human, that I will definitely return the moment you let me out. Oh, of course you will. Because if you don't, I'll make certain that wherever you go on this plane, can't use that word, wherever you go in this world, you will be found and you will die. Because this is a very very important mission for me do you understand that <laughs> that's very funny i don't even know if i can die ah uh, yes um in exchange for uh all of this as i mentioned exoneration of your crimes paying off your debts a large payment uh i will also make sure you're allowed back in the city of Melitus, and also allowed into the city of akros and also allowed into the satestan wilds without being hunted down you see i have connections as far as i can reach Yes, yes. Can you get me into the Decadia? Ooh, I, um, you know what? I'll say yes to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to roll for insight on that one. Femfrisk just nods. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So do I have an agreement? Uh, it stinks in here. I, I'm in. I want some money up front. Um, how about up front I return your hammer to you, and that will be the first sign of, uh, of friendship. How about you come down here, and we'll see how good of friends we are with my fist in your face. The, uh, the two glowing hoplites step up in front of, uh, Aurelis, who kind of just, you know, says, Oh, come on, come on. I don't think there'll be any problems. I would like to speak to my parents. Oh, absolutely not. Beverly's class, he wants to call his mommy. Yes, you see, um, I've already informed your parents that you have been exiled from the city because of your uh, intrusion into the Temple of Keranos. Um, but if you want me to uh, fix that, if you would like to tell me, like me to tell them that instead you are assisting the city of Melitus, then I would be happy to. But first you must help me. I mean, help the city of Melitus, not just me. I'm going to roll for insight to see how genuine his offer seems, just overall. Okay. Critical fail. One. Oh, it is incredibly genuine, and he is definitely <laughs> going to get you into the Decadia. A hundred percent. Well, I'm already in. Yep. Basically, yeah. So I, I, I step up, uh, walk deliberately, walk through the mud pile again, walk up, uh, and... Um, as, as if I don't understand the the problems with doing this, I shake again, like, get all the mud off on all the shining uh, humans and stuff, and then hold out my hand with a, a very sharp grin saying, I'm in, to shake his hand. Uh, he totally ignores your hand. Uh, and actually, you see the mud that would splatter on him kind of seems to roll off him as if he's covered in a layer of, like, spray on water resistant starch you know <laughs> but does it get his soldiers sturdy uh the hoplites uh, a little bit but they're kind of glowing so it's kind of hard to tell if they're dirty or not <laughs> okay 
the Aurelis just ignores her hand and looks over at Bronte and goes, Bronte, do we have a deal? Bronte is suffering from an existential crisis. He only just got his blessing from Karanos and he's not even going to be able to finish his training as a thaumaturge. Like, it's just... He's just... I, I can't... I can't believe this. Like, I finally got his blessing and... Oh, come on, Bronte. Chin up. Let's stop this now. But, Stiffen your fur, human. I've already told your parents you've been in exile. Do you want me to tell your parents that you're also a crybaby? Come on, Bronte. <laughs> I need you to make a choice. Fine. Good, because you didn't really have a choice. And um, the, the golem person, uh, I, I don't know your name. You were just very interesting. My name is Erythros. Put that on the flyers when you advertise my fights. I will make sure you have a place in an arena, in a coliseum, here in Melitus, anywhere you would like to go, as long as you agree to help me. Done. I mean, help the city of Melitus. Great. Perfect. Um, now, if you all could, uh, and he motions to the hoplites who step forward, and they start handing you back your, your items that were confiscated, including... I, I finally stand up. Yeah, one of them hands you your hammer, uh, one of them hands you your, your spear, uh, Feverisk, and then uh, Bronte, one of them uh, hands you a, a javelin that appears to be made of lightning, and he seems to look at it quizzically, and then hands it to you. It, it should be worth noting my hammer does have the Nyx star patterns on it. Yeah, these hoplites have seen it all. They they that 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 was for the audience, mostly. Oh, well, the audience now knows. Thank you. Feverisk's uh, pupils dilate like it's a laser beam pointer, and he just kind of follows it with his eyes for a second before turning his attention back to his own spear. And then uh, Orlis goes, yes, now I I do understand that uh, my guards, I mean, the guards of the city of Melitus may have uh, roughed you up a little bit in your arrests, and for that I apologize deeply. Uh, So I hope to um, fix that for you on your way out. If you could please uh, follow me. And he turns around and starts walking out of the dungeon. And the the hoplites who are with him uh, kind of circle around behind you. And they're not hurting you necessarily. But they seem to be motioning for you to start walking and following him. But they're not not hurting us. (laughs) Yes. They're highly suggesting it. I I follow closely behind. So the jewelry on this guy, I've forgotten his name already. Which is perfectly in character. Um, I'm not going to learn his name. He's just going to be shiny human. Uh, is there jewelry like that I might be able to reach out and touch uh, hanging around him? Uh, he has. It's mostly around the front of him. Mm. You know, uh, these like jeweled necklaces. You're behind him. Okay. Uh, he does have uh, some very elaborate earrings. Mm. Um, and... He does have some jewelry, like the backs of his uh, necklaces and amulets that he's wearing. Uh, you can see them from behind, but he is he is walking very quickly uh, in front okay. of you. Okay, I just follow behind for now. Yeah. Do the rest of you follow? Bronte, are you done having your existential crisis? No, I'm still having my existential crisis, but I'm at least moving now that I have the, the javelin back in my hands. I, I turn behind me and say, how you doing back there, hoppies? They just mostly ignore you. They, they kind of s- stare at you with, like, you know, cop face. <laughs> <laughs> sure do. Yeah, I'm glad that makes sense. They've got the cop face. I, I clasp uh, Bronte on his shoulder 
and I say, listen, kitten, this'll get you out of the litter. I don't even know what that means. Ah, you will. You will. Hold, hold on. If, if Jay is allowed to reference litter, then am I able to shout Ahab? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, so, uh, Aurelis is leading you all down a hallway uh, very quickly. Uh, he actually holds up a hand forever, and he stops abruptly at one point when he reaches a uh, corner. Uh, the hoplites also stop. I'm assuming the rest of you stop as well. Yep. Um, I, I bump into him by mistake. Uh, he doesn't pay you any attention as he's sort of listening. Okay, so real quick, can I do a sleight of hand check to try and tap one of his jewels with uh, by casting magical tinkering on it? Uh, you may absolutely give me a sleight of hand. All right, let's see. That is a 15. Uh, he... Uh, he does not notice it, but one of the hoplites behind you notices it. I don't know what you're planning on doing, but I want you to tell me what you're trying to do to his, his necklace. So I am going to imbue a tiny non-magical object with a magical property of my choice. And the property I'm choosing is for it to emit an odor. And I'm going to have it emit the gross or odor of the drunk Tim that was in the uh, prison with us. Uh you the hoplite noticed you and you could see the hoplite kind of lurch forward a little bit when you reached out but then he stops and kind of falls back into standing and he's staring at you but he doesn't say anything uh and your magical effect will say it takes hold <laughs> so uh i just smile i give a big very sharp-toothed grin to the hoplite and give him a wink and then we, i i keep going as normal uh, well, you all stopped, and at this moment, uh, the only person who can hear this is actually Bronte. There's a sound of a couple of people talking down the hallway, uh, and they're just chatting about city business. Um, it's nothing particularly interesting, uh, and as their voices uh, fade away, uh, Orlis motions for you to start walking again. Uh, and he starts walking very quickly uh, down to where those voices came from. He stops as soon as he reaches a statue of a farah that is actually sort of recessed a little bit into the wall uh and he motions for all of you to come up to the statue and and holds up a finger to tell you to be quiet hmm. now you see uh this statue is of our patron god afara um if you all could please uh he kind of motions a little bit behind the statue and then he reaches up and he, he tugs on one of the jars that Afara is holding in her hand. And a little secret entrance appears as the stones kind of raise up behind the statue. He goes, this will be your exit. Am I even going to fit in there? Oh, you'll fit, but you might want to be careful with your footing. Um, please make haste. Uh, and as he motions, one of the hoplites reaches out and starts, like, patting you guy like, patting the three of you on the back as you start moving forward. Uh, and as the hoplite pats each of you individually, uh, a little flash of light happens and all of your hit points are restored. Ah. Hey, I like those. Yay. Yep. Um, but only as you like pass through the entryway, um, as they're sort of shepherding you into this tiny little uh, alcove behind a statue. And then there's a doorway and that leads to what looks to be a really dark sort of like cave-like exit um, 
that seems to be a very narrow stairway next to what kind of looks like a sludge trough that's running down the next to it, down the side of it. Um, almost like this trough is attached to some sort of piping somewhere in this building, and it smells really foul. But there is a narrow stairway. I, I wrinkle my nose and I'll 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 take the lead here. I have uh, dark vision, so I'm 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 seeing just fine, even if it's dark in here. Yeah. Does anyone else have dark vision? <laughs> do you all need uh, to see? I do not. I do. I don't have dark vision either. Um, I will. Uh, like, do I have? Do we have the rest of our equipment now, or is it just? You have everything. All right. It's all been returned to you. Um, are there any torches in this area, or do I need to light one of my own? Does not look like uh, there's any. It doesn't look like this area was intended for people to walk through it. It almost looks like this was uh, the steps that you're walking on are not even like uh, stone. They just kind of look like they're cut into the like earth, earth and mud in this little this little like passageway. Mm. And so there is no source of light, and you would have to light a torch if you don't have dark vision to see where you're going. I mean, a torch is in my equipment. Yeah, so I, I will light a torch. Yeah, you will notice uh, as soon as uh, the last of you went through the the little hallway, uh, hallway, little <laughs> hall, uh, the little secret door that was opened closes behind you. You light a torch, and you see that it is just this dank-smelling, like very narrow passageway that is definitely going uh, downwards at first for quite a while. Um, and you were already like in a basement level, so this is definitely like sub basement level. This does not feel like the way out. Let's keep walking to find out, because you're right, this... puny human. Let's let's go. I've got you in the lead, Feverus, because yes. you said you would be in front. Yes. Uh, who is behind you? Is it Bronte or Erythros? 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 Bronte. I, I, I'm. I think it's Bronte. Well, I know how to pronounce Bronte. <laughs> Lorelai, how do I pronounce your character's name again? Erythros. Erythros. Uh, I guess Erythros is keeping up the rear, which is very dangerous because you are on an incline with very unsteady footing. Um, these steps seem like it's they okay, were... okay, I'm delicate like a ballerina. Y- yeah, uh, Erythros is definitely delicate, that's for sure. Uh, speaking of being delicate like a ballerina, if you could all give me dexterity saves, uh, as one of the the ground beneath you seems to be a little loose. Critical fail. Uh, oh, damn it. Good job. If you have uh, if you have acrobatics, which I don't think any of you... Uh, uh, I do. Or athletics. If you have I athletics do. or acrobatics, you can use that bonus. Okay, so instead of having a three, I have an eight. Great. Uh, I got a 15. Wait, you said we could use athletics? I'm sorry, 16 then. Yeah, you can use athletics or acrobatics if you are trained, if you have those as a proficient skill. If you don't have them proficiently, you don't get them. Oh, never mind. All right. Um, so, uh, Feverisk, you slip and you fall, but this is a very small space. And so you kind of fall onto the step and then bounce into this like trough wow. of s- sludgy mud ground. And you just start sliding. Uh, Because behind you, uh, Bronte uh, has actually seen the step that you failed on and managed to uh, stop from falling. And he catches himself on the side of the wall and he's standing there very, you know, almost fell, but has has managed to save himself. 
uh, until the giant golem behind him uh, steps on a loose step that crumbles beneath their weight. And they fall forward and push Bronte (laughs) and take them down with them as you all three fall into this sort of sludge trough of mud. And it's actually very wet and loose. Um, You don't really know why and you don't want to know why. As the three of you start sliding down at an increasingly high speed uh, through this, I guess, water slide, you could call it. (laughs) Wee! It eventually deposits you uh, at the bottom, uh, which is actually, you can see the light coming towards you. You've dropped the torches. Those are gone. Um, And the light comes towards you, and you sort of just end in this kind of like muddy, but still kind of nice and refreshing pool of water. Uh, that is several, several, like, a hundred yards outside of the city of Melitus. Ah, oh, freedom. Well, that was fun. I stand up and I shake like a dog again and get mud all over these other two. Could you please stop doing that? Always frighten you. <laughs> I mean this in the nicest way, Bronte, but you are so covered in mud at this point, <laughs> I don't think you notice. You all are deposited here. It's actually not a very deep pool. You can stand in the water. Uh, It seems to be sort of like maybe like it the water from the city is being cast off here as runoff and it's sort of trickling into a nearby stream uh, that's feeding into the the ocean. But uh, where you are now is several hundred yards from Melitus. You can still see some of the outlying uh, like structures of the city, um, but you're definitely not in the city anymore. And now you are you're deposited out there and you are set up to start your travel to Asphodel. Except, also, the weather sucks, by the way. Like, cold, it's rainy. This is not going to be a very nice travel. I don't care, I'm basically a robot. Bronte doesn't mind the thunderstorms as much. Oh, it's not stormy, it's just kind of drizzly. Oh, then he hates this. I also want to make it clear that I've made no effort to clean any of the mud off of me. (laughs) Well, I, I clasp Bronte on the shoulder, and I say, uh, good luck, I'm heading back to Oreskos. Bye. And then I clasp my hand, I, I'm sorry, what was your name again? I'm terrible with names. Jay, what's your character Oh, Fevrisk. I clasp my hand on Fevrisk's shoulder very hard and sturdily and saying, no, you're coming to Asphodel. I, I look at your giant hand, uh, and I look at your impressive design, and I say, I shrug and say, I, I could go to Asphodel. All right, <sighs> who knows how to get to Asphodel? I have no idea. I didn't bother to ask. I wasn't actually planning on going. Oh, wonderful. As you say that, uh, you notice kind of nearby, uh, you didn't really notice him there at first, but you smelled him. Pretty quickly after you stepped from the water, this very strong scent of wine as the bearded naked man wrapped in a blanket is sitting uh, on a rock really close not be, close by to where you are. And he just goes, Asphodel? Oh, uh, Asphodel. It's that way. And he just points a finger down a road. Uh, like a, it's not really, road is a very big term for it. A dirt path that seems to have been beaten to the ground. He goes, I, I Asphodel, I've been there. I went there. Oh, um, uh, Asphodel, it's that way. Oh, boy. Uh, do I believe him in his drunken stupor? Or is he sober? Is he sobered up? He He's sobered up more than he was before. 
but he is he's still intoxicated (laughs) that's an 18 on insight do i trust this he does not seem to have any reason to lie to you uh, and he seemed actually interested in pointing you in the right direction oh wonderful okay well so i kneel down next to him saying tim you're a good man and i grab the side of my cuirass and I pull it open, revealing a cavity inside my chest. And inside there is a small pithos, a, uh, there are small clay storage um, pot in ancient Greece. And I pull out and say, would you let me know what you think of this? It is filled with a, uh, whatever the moonshine version of wine is. That I, uh, just as I travel, I pick grapes off of plants and throw them in and ferment them. So I have like little... Like prison wine, basically, uh, in my chest, and I and I hand him the uh, the pithos to take a swig. He uh, greedily reaches out and he grabs it and he brings it to his face and he smells it and he sniffs it and and wafts it towards him and goes, "Oh, oh, this this smell!" And then he he takes a sip of it and he looks at you and he goes, "This is the most wonderful thing I've ever tasted in my entire life." And he hands it to you, hands it back to you, and then he. Uh, goes stiff, and falls over onto the ground. <laughs> is he alive? This is the best compliment I've ever received on my wine. I I, I walk up and, and check his pulse. Uh, give me a medicine check. Alright. That is a 13. Uh, he, there is no pulse there. He is 100% dead. <laughs> well, I don't know CPR... <laughs> And I, I, I look over at Urethra, and I say... <laughs> My name is Urethros, no. not Urethra. I look over at Urethros, and I say, D- did you just kill him? Hey, I didn't do anything. If he's dead, that's his business. But did, did, did you give him poison? What, what was that? It's just wine. Come on, people drink. I've seen every manner of creature drink it at parties. It can't be that bad for you. What the heck is going on? Look, now we know how to get to Asphoda. I don't see a problem here. Don't trust this. Be careful, Golem. I may not like humans much, but I also don't like murdering them. Oh, come on. You sound like a hoplite. Accusations like that. Live it up a little. Relax. Things will be fine. We'll go do this little mission thing. Get paid. And then it's good. Then we're free. Don't have to ever see me again. Mm. Unless you want to. All right. Let's get going. So you start your travels, and I'm just going to shortcut this a little bit. Uh, You're walking for a while together down the road. The memory of the dead Tim who you left by a rock. Don't worry about it. Um, He's he's just a little dead. It's okay. Wait, do do humans not leave their their dead out in the sun for the carrion to feed on? No. Uh, You let them learn. Bronte would have... Like, done a, a, a little gesture for the gods, and it's like, jeez. After all that's done, though, you, you travel along the road, and um, it's about, like, a, a good four hours worth of walking before you start noticing that the fog has really grown thick around here. 
Um, which is weird because there wasn't fog before, but suddenly you start noticing that there's a really thick fog on the road. You can't really see anything more than a few feet ahead of you. And you hear, actually, um, let me check. Bronte, you're the one who hears it first. Uh, and it seems to be the sound of some pipes. Is it pipes? Pipes. Uh, Bronte, you hear pipes. Uh, Feverisk, you hear some sort of sound. And Erythros, you don't hear anything. That's damn right. Do, do you guys hear those pipes? Do I, not. Mm, I hear. I hear something. What? Uh, I guess I'll do investigation to find the source of the sound or figure out what it is. Yeah, I, I would do. A First, give me another. Give me a perception check. Perception. Yeah, that's a twenty-three. Twenty. Not, not a natural twenty. A dirty twenty. Mm-hmm. Erythros. Oh, you want you me to perce- do one too? Yeah. Sure. They told you that they heard something. So it's a 17. Yeah, so Erythros, you hear the piping after they mention it. Um, but uh, Bronte and Feverisk, you actually see ahead of you, uh, through the fog, you see what looks to be a shape. Um, probably a good you know 10 yards out. It's pretty far away, but you can see some sort of shape, and the sound seems to be coming from that. Hmm. Interesting. Let's go see. Yes. Uh, as you start approaching the shape, you notice, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wrap up here. Uh, as you start approaching the shape, you notice uh, it appears to be uh, a gray-skinned satyr with a gold mask covering its face. Uh, if you are familiar with the returned, you recognize that this is a returned. Uh, and at his side is a little goat who just walking along next to him. No leash, no rope, no nothing. Uh, and the satyr is playing pipes very discordantly it is it sounds like someone who's trying to remember a tune that they once knew and has forgotten it and just keeps trying and trying over and over again to play the same tune um as you get closer to it though the fog kind of rolls in and you can actually see a cloud of fog just sweep in between the two of you you lose all sight of anything except for the two the the three of you who are close together uh, all within a, about five feet of each other, and that's as far as you can see. Not even magical sight, light, nothing will help you see. And for a solid minute, all you hear is the piping. And then the piping goes silent. You hear the ba of a goat, and then nothing. And then the fog starts drifting away again, and you see another shape in front of you. But this shape is different. This shape is maybe 20 feet in front of you, 15 feet in front of you, 10 feet in front of you, this towering, hulking shape. And as the fog clears away, you notice this is a minotaur and it's angry. (laughs) And so now time for final thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to have fun with uh, both my fellow characters here. Uh, I think I think this this will be a good group. I like Bronte as like a mama's boy. <laughs> Can't believe I killed a guy. So just out of character, I'm guessing like you just have no idea how to ferment wine, and you're grabbing like poison berries and crap. Oh no, no I know what grapes are. <laughs> it's just it's just like literally fermenting in a jar inside my body, <laughs> as as you do. I thought it was very funny. Um, this, so, so like one of the, th- this all happened, there are many parts to this, 
so um my local partner um their uh, uh bachelor's degree is in archaeology with a, a focus in ancient greek and roman so hellenistic era artifacts um especially pottery so <laughs> uh, i had a lot of fun making this character because i had help um on, on lots of different things. So uh, one of the things I got from having the gladiator background for the character is um, a proficiency in uh, oh, either a, a game, a musical instrument, or a set of tools or something. And so uh, I looked through the list and I'm like, okay, you know, it'd be funny. Because I looked at the brewer's tools and I'm like, what if I can adapt this to like, I make wine inside like my chest and then i did a whole bunch of research into uh ancient greek brewing techniques um and and uh i guess fermenting techniques and strategy and so on and i could literally like literally just crush grapes in my fist put them in a thing let them ferment in uh my chest so so that's how that whole thing came about and i think it's funny because as a golem uh this is built off of the warframe or the the warforged um stat block like so like i don't eat or drink so the wine has literally no function for me and i don't actually know how it tastes and i thought that was all very funny <laughs> it's pretty good because i'm an entertainer i used a uh for for the people at home i used a tabaxi as the template for leonin because there isn't an you know an official leonin class or anything uh, and so I have the zoomies, which I'm excited to use at some point in the future when we get into combat. Oh, I uh, very which excited might be, for combat. Might be, might be next time. But I have some, I have a lot of surprises with my tinker gear that I'm excited to use throughout this mini campaign. I don't think, I didn't mention it earlier. Uh, my, uh, Arethros is a fighter, uh, who's a Eldritch, Eldritch Knight archetype. So, yeah. That would have been good to mention at the beginning when I was introducing my character. Eh, you don't have to. I like to, um, one fun thing about D&D is when you don't tell people your class, and you get to let them figure it out as you go along. Uh, I should have done that. Oh, well. Oh, it's fine. Um, my final thought is I get to give a final thought on the Vorthos cast, which is neat. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, Chris. And my final thought is, I never thought I was going to play the mama's boy, but it just lined up so well. It's great. I actually love it as a character. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is a very fun group, I think. Uh yeah. This is this is gonna be fun. I'm looking forward. We've got a, a couple a couple weeks planned out for this, so uh I'm very excited. And uh if you're excited and, and this is something you like and you like magic and you like D D uh, well first of all, I really hope you like magic because you're listening to a magic podcast. Um but it, but if you enjoy our show and you enjoyed especially this kind of a new takeoff of the thing, uh you can head over to patreon.com slash the cast and help support us today. Cause all your support keeps the show going so we can keep doing things and experimenting with new stuff. This is kind of one of our experiments that we're trying out at the beginning of this year. And if you know if it goes well, maybe we'll do it some more we'll see but uh yeah everyone who supports us gets access to our discord community which is you know where where chris ran those uh first couple short D things last year and that's kind of where the idea for this whole thing began so if those are the kinds of emergent storytelling and gaming experiences you'd like to be part of the discord is great for that and uh we have a great little community with a lot of wonderful folks Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.